Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the Eco Wild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. You're listening to the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Now let's get to the episode. Everybody know where I 
All right, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Listener Success Story. We're making history today. Uh, this is uh, a listener success story for this week, where we actually have Mr. Brett Mashburn back on the show, which if you listen during deer season, you heard Brett come on twice for uh, two different listener success stories, where he killed the crap out of some big deer this past year, both on Alabama Public Land and also Missouri. But uh, he had some good success uh, opening week and opening weekend of Alabama season, uh, killing a bird. And Brett, dude, ha- glad to have you on, my man. Uh, excited to talk turkeys and excited to kind of figure out what kind of finally clicked for you. Um, and we're going to talk all about it on this week's episode. But Brett, before we kind of get started, can you give the listeners a little idea, kind of what region of Alabama are you coming in from? I'm coming in from the southeast region. And to kind of kick us off, uh, for of course, we have a lot of listeners that are new listening to the show that maybe had not heard you before being on the episodes of the different um, listener success stories. But can you kind of kick off, you know, how long have you been a listener to the show? And, um, of course, before you were a listener to the podcast, were you also just a listener podcast in general? Or, again, was that something that's kind of new for you? Uh, podcasting was new for me. I actually just found y'all for looking for different hunting podcasts that related more to uh, Alabama hunting because most places were Midwest and it was hard to relay some of them tactics to down here. And uh, I've been listening to the show for, I guess, right around two years now. Awesome. Well, one other thing I'm very curious on, because I think it's going to go hand in hand with what we're going to be talking about today, uh, which is turkey hunting, but how long have you been actually turkey hunting yourself? I believe I've been turkey hunting for somewhere around eight years now. Uh, I believe that's right. All right, right so, around eight years. All right, so you're you're similar to me again. I kind of got I also got into turkey hunting a little bit later on. Uh, again, I grew up deer hunting, got turkey hunting uh, back in high school. Um, so v- very similar there. When it comes to turkey hunting, let me ask before we kind of dive into this episode because I'm really interested in, in the hearing you know what kind of helped you be successful uh, with this you know opening weekend bird and opening week bird. But you know what has been some of your struggles in the past when it came to turkey hunting? Well, it was I was able to to hear birds and get on birds within I would say within a hundred yards and they would just hang up and couldn't ever get them to commit to come to me. Uh, just having them hang up to where places sometimes i could see them sometimes it'd be where i couldn't see them being a little too thick but just having them hang up and never committing and see that's something i can relate with as well and i know back in deer season this kind of goes in hand in hand with what we're gonna be talking about but back in deer season you and me uh, got together did a little uh hunting camp uh down in south alabama for a deer hunt and got to meet with some other cool guys um that we've had on the show before but we brought up turkey hunting, and you brought up about, you know, the area that we were on that you were talking about turkey hunting there and some other places, and that you are always on birds, and kind of what you just said, you'd get on birds, they wouldn't, you couldn't get them to get just within shotgun range. They'd always, like, just want to hang up and everything. And we had talked a little bit about high the hen back then during deer season and kind of how Scott Ellis was impactful. I want to go and kind of jump forward now to turkey season. What turkey episodes – have been impactful for you along with some of the different tips or tactics you had heard about that maybe was a factor for this turkey that you killed, but also something that you're going to be kind of applying in the future. Um, episode 230, I think the title was how to take your turkey hunting to the next level. And it was uh, mainly about Andrew Maxwell's 1819 uh, season uh, and 19 season, how he rode the struggle bus and then 2020 near about tagged out or should have tagged out and uh just going through 
a good setup versus a bad setup, uh, hide the hen as we were able to talk about it for a while. Just the patience version and uh, really just ditching the decoy so I wasn't looking for a place to put a decoy out. I was going to go somewhere I could actually kill the bird. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that. Can you explain kind of what was your mindset before, especially maybe listening to that episode and also just learning a little bit more about hide the hen? What was your like your usual kind of tactics for setup? And then what have you kind of changed since like listening to that episode and just kind of learning a little bit more about kind of quote unquote hide the hen and using that terrain to your advantage? Well, I guess before I would like to go to like a food plot or a field or something open and try to get in there. Like if it was in the morning before daylight and try to get set up and just wait on the birds and put a decoy out and try to call them out there to me. And then if I heard them in the woods, I would try to get in there and and, uh, get to them. And I think some mistakes I made along the way was uh, being impatient and kind of rushing, like walking real fast when the gobblers are still up on the roofs and probably having a lot of them pick me off or just hearing me in general. That's the way I started out hunting, or I have been hunting till this year. Again, kind of piecing that apart from what you used to do and kind of hearing what Andrew talked about, let's talk a little bit more detail, again, of some of those takeaways that you got, especially from Andrew kind of talking about what he's changed to help him be more successful. You know, what were a few of those things you talked a little bit about, kind of, again, hide the hen, using terrain to your advantage, and kind of hunting with a little bit more confidence. But what specifically did you kind of take away from that that you kind of applied, especially for this turkey that you killed? One thing that stood out that he that he talked about is he felt like decoys were hold was uh, holding him back. That uh, he ditched the decoys so he wasn't looking for just a, a spot to put a decoy out, and you know, like I've previously been doing, and actually trying to go in and get in a position to kill a bird by being in a good setup versus a bad, in which he was able to break that down enough, and then for me to understand exactly what I was talking about and that went hand in hand with what we had talked about when we shared deer camp with a uh, hide the hen and that's basically what Andrew was talking about versus a good setup versus a bad is sitting in a spot a turkey has to come find you and you're sitting to where when he gets to where he can see he is in gun range of you instead of you sitting where you can see a long ways you can just sitting just over a hill or around the corner making him come come around to have to visually see see you and you being sitting there in gun range or when he does yeah and you did exactly what i was going to ask i was going to ask you especially in your area of the country what kind of scenarios could you give to kind of you know relay what we're talking about with hide the hen and you just kind of talked about that you know kind of getting up on the other side of a hill from the turkey where when he crests the hill you know he's going to be within gun range around the the corner of a point of a ridge or something like that. What other examples, or maybe what was the example, and we can kind of dive right on into it, what was the example of the turkey that you killed and kind of hiding the hen for him? Well, with him, um, there was, let's see, there's a, a fresh, like, cutover, I'd say within a year old, so it's just kind of got green grass that's grown up in it. And so that afternoon, I've heard some turkeys out that way that morning, and that afternoon I went back out there and and I, I called as I, I went down this long road and when I got back here close to that I I called some and I and I got to where I wasn't too close to the to the open uh, cutover mm-hmm. 
because there was a big there was a big hill in front of me, but standing up I could see over the hill and there's like a a logging ramp where four roads come together, which would be like a perfect spot to have them out there strutting or just be able to catch them walking. So the I ended up staying there for about five or ten minutes contemplating if I should stay there or or uh, move on down through the woods to another section and I happened just to now I'm gonna stay right here for a while and just be a little more patient and within five minutes I ended up seeing was able to visually see two turkeys out there. And uh I noticed they were both gobblers, so I just got there and I clucked at them a few times and I purred and then I did just I yelped at them. I set up just inside the woods off a road to where there was a hill 20 yards in front of me to and the hill drops off down to that to that logging ramp and these birds were down there close to the logging ramp so they would have to walk through the logging ramp and walk up over the hill to actually look down the other road that goes down into a bottom to look down in there so I stayed back 20 yards off the crest of that hill to where they had to come up the hill and top the hill to to come find me or see me very interesting. And, uh, no, I, no. Let me but, ask. Well, this is an afternoon hunt, you said, correct? That's correct. The logging road that you're walking, by the way, because you were contemplating whether to set up in that kind of that corridor where all these uh, logging roads kind of came together. Was there much sign there of a gobbler like strutting, much you know tracks and uh, and kind of wing drag marks? I, I never actually walked out there, but there was uh, turkey tracks along along the road out there. A fair amount of turkey tracks. All right, perfect. Well, let's get back to the hunt. So it's an afternoon hunt. Again, you kind of visually see the birds from a distance, and you are currently, again, just so I'm on the same page with you, you're up or downhill from them uh, when you actually get set up. When I get set up, there, there's a, a a slight ridge between me and them. So they're down in, in like this logging ramp. It's kind of like a, just a little subtle bottom. I'm just over a crest of a hill on the opposite side of the hill from them to where they would have to walk up the hill and look over it on the road. Perfect. Okay. So you start, you said you, again, you did some slight, some soft purrs, clucks, and then a couple of yelps at them. Did they respond to you at all? They did. They did not make a sound. Um, luckily I was able to, to visually see them. They come off a, a hillside out in that cutover and walk, made their way down to that ramp. And I was able to see them. I, I set up behind a pine tree because it, it was maybe the size of a basketball and there was probably two other pine trees in front of that one. And I, I set up behind the pine tree instead of in front of it to just, I just felt like I'd be more um, concealed behind the pine tree. So sticking out in front of it and maybe catching me move just in case they caught me off guard when they come over that hill. So I set up behind the pine tree and my gun rested on, on the tree and I, I seen them when they went down in the ramp and I knew they were coming up the hill, but I couldn't quite see them until they got closer. And then I could see them. They got real close and started strutting. And both of them come strutting in. And I had to wait for them to clear the last two trees. And the, the turkey I shot ended up being about 15 yards Oh wow! I shot him. So that worked perfect for you. Let me ask, just from that experience and kind of what you learned from that, compared to maybe what you would have done previously with previous experience, what mistakes do you think you would have made, um, you know, if you would have kind of done what you used to do or kind of like your, your old mindset? 
I would have definitely walked over that hill and walked all the way to the edge of the wood line and tried to set up on the, probably the edge of the wood line. Whenever I would have called to them, the turkeys could have stood out there and strutted where they were because they, they would be expecting the hen to be right there at the edge of the cutover, and they possibly would have never even walked over there. If you live in the South, you get to rifle hunt more than pretty much the rest of the country. With all that rifle hunting can come a lot of damage to your hearing. We all know we need to be protecting our hearing when we're gun hunting, but the use of traditional hearing equipment is not ideal. That rut crazed buck might only give you a split second to get a shot off through the pines, which is never enough time to get your hearing protection on. We all know a suppressor is ideal for that situation, but buying one has always been a long, difficult process until Silencer Central. Silencer Central is the creator of a revolutionary process which silences headaches and hassles. The process is simple and makes sense. It's a process that begins with paperwork without the work and ends with Silencer Central delivering your silencer right to your door. That's right, right to your door. They take care of the government paperwork for you and then send you your silencer when it's ready. Sound too good to be true? Well, learn more about Silencer Central's easy buying process at silencercentral.com or give them a call at 888-988-8179. Very interesting. That's something I've been guilty of many a times before is, you know, you hear a bird gobble or you get a visual, and especially like in timber, set it, trying to set up on some logging road or something, uh, just because you can see a decent little ways and have a little bend or something in it. And instead, kind of like what you did, drop off the other side, make it where he has to come or they have to come over and peer either up or down to you. Again, if you're, again, higher elevation or lower elevation than them, and get within, well within shotgun range, you know, for that to happen. And that's the one thing, again, you know, everybody's so um, – not worried, but so kind of interested in like, you know, patterning guns and shooting like super, super tight patterns. Well, if you're shooting again, number, you know, sixes or number set or number sixes or number five lead loads, and you're shooting, you know, just a factory full choke. If you get that bird, like what you did 15, 20 yards, he's not walking out of there alive. So. Yeah. yeah. When, when I shot him, I, I missed him up pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. When that's something, again, you know, everybody's so worried about having like these super tight patterns to shoot really far. Well, even in areas like what you're talking about, you know, you get a lot of cutovers and stuff. Instead of sitting out there in the open, put yourself back in the timber a little bit and put that terrain feature between you and the turkey. So when he pops up over it, you know, he's within 30, 35 yards or, or less and gives you a nice clean opportunity to be able to make a clean shot and not have to worry about having a super tight pattern, uh, you know, for a 40-plus yard shot. Um, so that, that's that's pretty interesting. I'm sure you probably learned a lot from that as well. Let me ask, what are some of your bigger yeah. takeaways that you learned from this one turkey that you've killed for kind of what you're going to try to apply for the rest of this season, but also for seasons to come? When you get to a spot, you know there's turkeys and a, a destination that turkeys want to go to. Like just knowing that big open area and the, knowing the terrain around there, there's a big creek bottom and all. I know they like to roost in, and I kind of just – I set up kind of in between that roosting spot and that where I was and just using the terrain to my advantage and setting up to where the turkey has to come find me is one of the biggest things and not looking for somewhere to set a decoy. Like previously, if I have a decoy before I ever heard of y'all show, I probably would have set a decoy out right at the edge of that cutover and probably sit right there. And them turkeys were probably out there the whole time. I probably would have spooked them or they would have seen that. And they may not have ever even come down there because they could see the hen and they could just strut out there and and uh, get her to come to her. 
Yeah, I'm glad you kind of brought that up. Again, just about the scenario about what you might have would have done, again, without kind of not only hearing what you've heard, but just kind of what we've talked about too is kind of hiding that hen because I've been so guilty of that in the past as well. I mean, 100%, especially before I talked to Scott Ellis um, about kind of the hiding the hen. That is something I've been guilty of so many times. I've had so many turkeys hung up on or get hung up on me at, you know, 80, 90 plus yards because especially in pines um, or even open hardwoods or in your situation, a, a cutover or a big field, you know, it's so nice. You're like, oh, man, I'm going to sit out there on the edge, especially with, there's a, uh, a hen decoy and just, you know, kind of, you know, let it play and let it kind of do its own thing uh, and kind of let the decoy work for you. Well, a lot of times, especially if you're hunting either, you know, somewhat pressure turkeys uh, or you've been bumping turkeys, you know, I've had, you know, terrible experiences with that where just they just don't want to come in. Well, instead of doing that, setting up and kind of like what you did, kind of off that open area, you know, have some kind of train feature between you and the turkeys that they've got to come around or come over, um, you know, to get to you. And man, right when he, when he comes around, he's right in your lap. So that is, that's awesome. And I've got yeah. to, I've got to ask Brett, uh, to kind of wrap us up, dude, you know, what kind of, uh, I give, what kind of piece of advice would you give to, especially like a really new turkey hunter? We've actually had quite a few guys, uh, you know, ride in saying that this is their first year turkey hunting and they're trying out turkey hunting. You know, from, you know, your eight years of experience and, you know, also, you know, struggling a little bit like everybody does, you know, what's maybe a piece of advice you'd give them from something that maybe has clicked with you recently uh, for maybe them to kind of get off on the right foot and not have to go through some of that struggling? Um, I would say to, to when you're walking, looking for turkeys or you get out and scout, just really pay attention to turkey tracks, turkey signs, turkey, just uh, strip marks and Sometimes it's being patient and, and being in them places that they're leaving all their sign and just being patient in them areas because a lot of that turkey, if I wouldn't have been able to see him, I would have, you know, probably would have kept going. And uh, they never made a noise all the way to me. They never clucked. They never purred. They never gobbled. They never made a noise. They started drumming right when they got at me, but just being uh patient and then actually i would i would suggest going back and listening to that episode 230 and just understanding the difference between a good setup versus a bad and understanding that like if you're around the corner of a road instead of sitting where you can see a long way to sit just off the corner to where you would be hiding yourself from where you think the gobbler is going to be so he has to come to you and come right around that corner or either that terrain feature to where he's in gun range versus just sitting where you can see a super long ways. Awesome. Excellent piece of advice, Brett, that I think a lot of people can take home. And, uh, dude, best of luck to you for the rest of the season. Again, appreciate you coming on and appreciate all the listeners listening to this episode. Now, make sure you tune in for Monday because Monday we have one heck of a guest, which I'm not going to announce yet because we haven't recorded with him, at least by the time you and me, Brett, are recording this. But uh, it's going to be a really good episode if we can pull it off for you guys uh, that I think is going to impact thousands of y'all's lives. I know it's already impacted. You know, the topic's already impacted a lot of people's lives already, but it should be a really, really good episode uh, coming out on Monday. Best of luck to all the hunters going out there this weekend. And like always, y'all stay Southern. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman. And thank you to Blackberry Smoke for the music for the podcast. Also, to follow along with us, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. 
And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Until next time, y'all stay Southern. You guys seem to really have enjoyed over the last year where we've went to a Q&A format every Thursday on the show where we answer some listener questions. Now, some of the most common ones that we get have to do with gear, but also how to find a good hunting buddy. You know, I'm really lucky to, to have a hunting buddy like Jacob. We've been on a lot of incredible hunting trips together over the years, and it's just nice to have somebody that, you know, is always down to go on that that trip that you've always wanted to go on or, or who'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning and go get that gate before someone else does on public land with you, whatever the case maybe and like i said we get a lot of questions on how do you find you know a group of people who enjoy that same thing so you can kind of network and make some connections the mobile hunters expo is the place to do that y'all heard us talk about it last year and guess what this year it's happening in dalton georgia we're going to be there june 28th through the 30th we're going to be there all three days we're going to have a booth you can come talk to us we talked to a lot of you guys last year had a ton of fun so looking forward to that again but guys i'm telling you this is the place to come network and there's going to be a ton of you guys there a lot of southern outdoorsman podcast listeners are going to be at this show. And actually, Friday, June 28th, there's going to be an after-hour social after the expo. So what better place to go kind of intermingle, hang out with a bunch of like-minded people, and probably pick up a couple new hunting buddies. So you guys don't miss it. It's June 28th through the 30th. I'm telling you, if you listen to this podcast, this is an event you need to be at. Now, we'll see you guys at the Mobile Hunters Expo June 28th through the 30th in Dalton, Georgia.